Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and, if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Luke chapter 10, verse number 19. Are you ready, family? Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Ready? Read. Behold, I give you the to on and and over the power of the enemy and shall by hurt you. My God, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because there's no space for anything to get through. Is your little allergy going to sneak through that? Is a cancer going to sneak through that? Is COVID going to sneak through that? Is fear going to sneak through that? Come on, is poverty going to sneak through that? No. Behold, I give you authority. Somebody say, he's given me the authority. I want to point out to you that this is something Jesus is talking to his disciples before the cross. So when we read the scriptures, we put the scripture in the right context, in the right tense. So if Jesus was to say this to you, how would he say it to you now? He would say, behold, I have given you authority. It's already done. Come on, somebody. How many of you know the disciples weren't even born again? They were just following this guy. The cross had not happened. Everything before the cross is still old covenant. After the cross, when the blood was shed, when Jesus sat down, then began the new covenant. A new covenant I give to you. And in the new covenant, you are not having to ask God for authority. He has already given you the authority. So whatever you are facing today, whatever you are facing at home, online, in your job, in your family, in your body, in your mind, whatever you are facing today, he has already given you the authority. Listen to me in this place. I hope you're hearing me preach. He has already given you the authority. To do what? To be trampled upon by what's infesting you? To be under the enemy? To be under the sickness? I am under the weather? No more. We have to speak about that. He has given you authority to trample upon it. So do me a favor. Take about three seconds and just trample everything that's coming against you. Come on. Trample everything that's coming against you. Come on. Stomp it under your feet. Do it right now. Trample that cancer. Trample that disease. Trample that fear. Come on. Trample the enemy under your feet. Do it right now. Come on. Trample that sickness. Trample that fear. In the name of Jesus. Trample it in your home. You better be stomping your feet in your house right now. Come on. Let me hear you. Stomp your feet. Take about 15 seconds and stomp it. Trample. Trample. The enemy is under your feet. Hallelujah. I give you authority to trample. I know you feel like you've been trampled upon by 2020 and 21. No more. No more. No more. Somebody shout no more. No more. I give you authority to trample upon. To trample upon. And over all the power. How much of the enemy? How much power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. And some things can harm you. Nothing. Come on, somebody. Shout nothing. By any means shall hurt you. Father, I give you praise for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Help me preach here. Now, don't get all comfortable on me because we're going to preach and we're going to preach hard in this place. 
Behold, I give you authority. Say, I already have the authority. The Bible says that all things pertaining to life and godliness, authority is a part of that. All things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to you. Say, I have authority against the enemy. Say it, I am not trying to get authority. It's already been given to me. Beloved, you better hear me preach in this place today. Because what you will end up doing is asking God for power. More love, more power. How much more power than all authority can you possibly get? Is anybody listening to me today? The problem with the church is we have songbook theology, not scripture theology. The Bible tells me that when Jesus died, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Can I ask you a question real quickly? Did Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the Word that was before the earth began, the Word that became flesh, did He need to receive any authority? No, no He didn't. Because He is all authority. He is all dominion. He is all power. So you have to understand when Jesus said, all authority is given unto me. He was not talking as God. He was not speaking as God. Because here's the thing, beloved. We don't realize that his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection was not because he'd sinned or because he was sick and he needed to be healed or because he needed deliverance because he had some demons in him. Everything that Jesus did, he did not only for me, but he did. So everything he spoke, he not only spoke for me, he was speaking as me. So when Jesus said the words, all authority has been given to me. It's not because he needed authority. Give me a break. He created authority. He was speaking as you. Are we okay in this place? Church, listen to me. The believer needs to awaken to the authority that's already been provided for him in Christ Jesus. If you don't realize what you have, you will walk around asking and praying prayers, asking God to come and deliver you. God is like, I gave you the authority. What are you doing with it? I gave you the authority. Do you know nowhere in the new covenant does God tell us to pray and ask God to heal somebody? Do you know that in the new covenant, we don't ask God, oh God, won't you come and heal this? I know you say that. Nowhere in the Bible do you see us praying and asking God to heal somebody. Why? Because he already gave us the power. Now, whose power is it? It's God's power. Whose name is it? It's Jesus' name. Whose anointing? It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We get it. But it's not for you to ask God to give something. He's already given you his name. He's already given you the authority. He's already given you the power. He's already given you the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, use it, church. Do you know that you have authority to speak to things that are coming against you? Do you know that you have authority to speak to the enemy? Nothing by any means shall harm. I mean, imagine, imagine living, oh, but that's when we die and go to heaven. No, this is for you right here and right now. Nothing by any means shall harm or hurt you. Who would like to live a life where nothing can harm or hurt you in the name of Jesus? But it all begins, it all begins, it all begins, it all begins in that first word. It all begins in that first word. What does it say? Behold. Behold. What am I trying to do today? I'll get to behold in a second. I am trying to break away 
your obsession with the enemy. My God, church people, we, we, we know more about Satan and his strategies than we know the names of God. If you were like me and you grew up Pentecostal, we knew more about principalities and demons and powers and all kinds of crazinesses than we knew the power of Jesus. We knew more about demonology than we knew about Christology. Something is seriously wrong with that. What I am trying to tell you is this word does not say, Behold, the devil cometh to steal, kill and destroy. It says, behold, I give you authority. What you need to be aware of is not what the enemy out there. What you need to be aware of is who you are in Christ Jesus. Your ability to behold is what makes you manifest everything that it says. I give you authority to trample on serpents over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Why are we not seeing that if that is God's word and that's God's promise for us? Why are we not seeing that? Because we are not doing what? Beholding. Are you with me today in this place? Yes, Man, if you were like me, beloved, my, my, we, we, were, we were taught to be more afraid of the devil than we had faith in God. Anybody else? Can I testify? Don't eat that food. It was offered to idols. Don't touch that stuff. It's the devil. Don't go to that house. They're full of the devil. Don't let your grandchild go to this house. They will worship idols. Don't do this. Don't. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're always walking around. Oh, it's the devil here. It's the devil there. We're always afraid of the devil. We have more fear in the devil than we have faith in God. And then there's a bunch of heathen people out there who are not even aware of anything. Touching and eating everything and they ain't got nothing. It's time we give up our obsession with the devil in the church. You have to hear me. I'm not telling you to be ignorant of the devil. But I'm convinced that the one thing Satan wants more than anything else is attention. The one thing that the enemy craves more than anything else is attention. So if you've built a ministry on deliverance, Listen to me, man. Build a ministry on telling people about Jesus. Because when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, demons will naturally flee. You know, I, I said this story because there were, there were certain countries, and if you grew up third world, we're, we're kind of, we, 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 how many of you grew up Pentecostal? Let me see your hands. I am so proud, and I love my Pentecostal roots. I love the Holy Ghost, and I love feeling the Holy Ghost, and I like the Shandabo Shaye. I like speaking in tongues and I like getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I like casting the devil out. I love healing the sick and raising the dead. But along with that came another obsession with the devil. And I realized that the more I obsessed with the devil, the more I started experiencing the devil. The more I read books about demonology, the more I started experiencing. I mean, I'm telling you, listen to me. I, you, ain't, you ain't talking to some dude who grew up in some good North American cute world who's never seen a demon-possessed person. Dude, I cut my teeth on demons. I began with all kinds of crazy manifestations. When you can see somebody's body change into an animal, then I'll let you, you know, talk to me. Like literally people levitating and bodies changing an animal. I, I grew up, I, grew, I would have this pastor who was scared of devils let me just put it that way so we'd go into the villages to preach and every time a demon would manifest which you know if you go into the village they're going to show up anyway as soon as the demons would preach the guy would pretend to get a phone call and leave and i'm like this 13 year old guy look at this person levitating in the form of a snake and I'm like, oh my god and then i and then and then and then somebody would give us these books oh those demonic books they would have Christian names and it was all about being setting captives free. But I got into more bondage 
at the end of that stupid book than I did. The more I started reading the book, I'd get picked up in the night. I would literally get picked up in my bed and flung against the wall. In the, this is, I'm not making this stuff up. This would literally happen to me. I would get picked up like, bam, against the wall. I would wake up and my nose bleeding, my head bleeding. And I woke up and I said, I must be messing with the devil. He's mad at me. I must be really special. See, because Satan only attacks those that are touching his kingdom. He's not just any, you're not just an ordinary person. The reason why the devil is attacking you is because you are touching the enemy's camp. And when you touch him, he will fight back. It's because you're special. Oh my God, I must be really special. And then one month after a really good butt whooping daily. Every night I'm getting my butt whooped by the devil. I said something is awfully wrong. My life don't look like victory. It looks like defeat. I mean, I'm feeling really special because I can come tell stories when I preach. Last night, the devil woke me up. The last night, the enemy came against me like a flood. I could talk about that stuff. Then I started realizing, I was praying. I said, oh God, why am I getting attacked so bad? He said, Zach, you opened a door. And so I'm like looking for sin in my life. I'm like, oh my God. Now, these are the ministry early days. We're behaving ourselves. I mean, we're trying really hard not to sin. I'm looking for every area, avenue of sin. Oh, any girlfriend, any boyfriend, you know. We're just, looking, we're just looking at everything. Did you look at anything? Did you watch anything? I am looking at everything. And the Lord said, no, it's that Christian book. See, what we don't realize is there's a big principle in the Bible called Behold. There's a huge principle in the Bible called beholding. Whatever you behold, you manifest. We have spent our time beholding the devil, not beholding Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking away from and looking unto Jesus. So pastor, what does the word behold mean? See, everything in the life of a believer manifests through your ability to behold. Remember, everything we lost began with the beholding too. And when the woman saw that the fruit was good, remember that? When the woman ate it? No, when the woman it began with the seeing, the book of Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 5:17. This is our favorite scripture. Come on. Second Corinthians 5:17 says what? If talk to me. Talk to me while I cough. Come on. If any. He is a what? All things have passed away. Now that's powerful. That's wonderful. But notice the word behold comes after it says all things have passed away. Meaning I shouldn't be sitting and beholding the old things that have passed away. Let them forgetting those things which are behind. I behold what now? All things are new. My beholding is not beholding what is gone. Your victory, your deliverance is in the past. You don't sit and look at deliverance. You look and watch and live from the place of victory. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he died as you. When he was buried, he was buried as you. When he went into the grave and he went down into hell. This is in your creed. Some of you think I'm teaching you some crazy heresy. No, it's in your, it's in your apostles creed if you like that one. It's in the apostles creed. He went down into hell. What happened there? The Bible says that he defeated Satan once and forever. He completely destroyed the works of Satan and then Colossians tells us that he paraded the enemy, paraded, 
the enemy so he can show you Satan is forever defeated. The problem with us is the church missed the parade. We were too, too busy beholding our own insecurities, our own sins, our own unworthiness. To realize that we're not supposed to be beholding the old things that have passed away. Your flesh passed away. Your old nature passed away. Your proclivity to sin and sickness passed away. Your fears passed away. Your anxiety passed away. Your disease, your mama's disease, your daddy's disease, your inherited disease. It's passed away. All things are new. It's time you focus on what the Bible says is you. Beholding, beholding the new. Come on somebody in this place shout hallelujah so we ask ourselves this question why aren't we seeing it why aren't we seeing it it's because we aren't beholding it whatever you behold you become whatever you behold you become what are you looking at do you only find fault with yourself do you only find the sins in your life do you only find the flaws in you are you surrounded by people who only point out your messes and point out the weaknesses in you? Are you only surrounded by people who constantly bring up the past? What does beholding mean? Listen to me carefully. Behold means not only to see because you think it just means, oh look, behold, there goes a bird. I behold a bird. That's not what beholding means. <laughs> beholding means to see but to be aware of. Are you listening to me today? Yes, Ephesians chapter 1, quickly. Can I teach a little bit? I know I got a little shout come on there, but let me just teach for a little. Because the shout is good, but teaching will keep you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go to verse 17. I think I just read this the other day. Ephesians 1. It was supposed to be a cold day, wasn't it? What happened? We just shouting? Good. Come and work out in church. Better than that gym of yours. David V. Hill been trying to get me to come to some gym where they take their clothes off and sit in a hot sauna. Yeah. And I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> this sculpted body is only for the woman I married. <laughs> He's going to get so mad. <laughs> he sees that. Thank you, sir. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? And in the? Lift your hands and say, that's what I need. Why do I need that? Because that will show me what I have. He's not asking that the God of our Father may give you the anointing and the power and authority. No, he's already given that to you. He cannot give you something he's already given to you. What he needs to give you is understanding or wisdom to revelation to realize what he's already given to you. Come on somebody. Yeah. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the what? Knowledge, Knowledge of? Yeah. Next verse says, the eyes of your understanding. Ah. Notice eyes is not just you looking. It is something deeper. It's not just a seeing but an awareness. It says the eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Oh, meaning what? You can be saved. You can be born again and still think the devil is attacking you day and night. 
Why? Because your eyes haven't been enlightened to the calling so that you can know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance when we die and go to heaven? No. In the saints. Nudge your neighbor in the ribs and say, I think it's talking about me, baby. That's your eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling. Next verse, please. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Meaning what? If my eyes are not enlightened to the power that I have, you can have all the power and not know it. Towards us who do what? According to the what? Working of what? His mighty power. Notice the exceeding power that's in you is connected to the working of His mighty power in you. Next verse says, when He raised, which He worked in Christ. Notice the finished work was Jesus working on you. The finished work was not Jesus working on God working on the Son. I could go into that one and take a long time. Pastor Robbie's book is back there. Go get it. When he worked, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. When, when God raised Christ from the dead, who was he raising from the dead? My God, you better. When we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, while we were yet sinners, Christ raised us up from the dead. Is anybody listening to me? He didn't even ask you for your permission. But if you don't see it, you'll never walk in it. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. I got to ask you a question. Is Jesus inferior to the Father? Is Jesus slightly lesser than the Father? Talk to me. This church, y'all better get some Christology into your spirit. Theology is really important, y'all. Everything rises and falls on your theology. Is Jesus secondary to the Father? No. Is the Holy Ghost a little lesser than Jesus? No. Is the Father greater than Jesus? No. Ah, good. In the good church. It must be taught well. <laughs> so then why is it that Jesus, the Son of God, equal in Trinity, equal in authority, dominion and power, takes a secondary seat next to the Father in the throne in heaven? Why? Because he wasn't sitting for himself. He was sitting for you and me. Jesus did not need to sit on a secondary throne on the right hand. The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand. He didn't need to sit at a right hand. He is the one who sits on the throne. The reason why he sat on the throne next is because he was sitting there not as God but as man. You better hear me today. So when he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he defeated Satan... Ah, when he rose from the dead victorious, I rose from the dead victorious. And when he, you sat down with him. It was all about you, y'all. For God so loved. Jesus, oh, what kind of a fair fight is it for God to whoop the devil's butt? That's why it wasn't, he did not defeat Satan as God. He defeated Satan as you. That's why today you can say, I'm not a conqueror because you never conquered the devil. You are what? More than a conqueror because you didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love the word of God. 
Let's look at the negative side. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Even Satan himself works the same way. In the Amplified Classic, please. For the God of this world has done what? Blinded. Blinded. Notice it's still about the eyes. It's still about the eyes. He has blinded them, preventing them from seeing the what? The illuminating light of the gospel. Ephesians 1 talked about our eyes being enlightened. Put your hands over your eyes. If you have glasses on, squeeze them in between and put them in your eyes. I want you to speak to you. I hope you sanitize your hands, but I'm just saying. Uh, just put your hands over your eyes right now and they say, my eyes are enlightened. No darkness here. I don't see flaws and sins. I see the light of the gospel. I see grace. Say the veil has been peeled out. The scales have come out in Jesus' name. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, I got to finish this now. Listen to me carefully. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 in the NIV, if you could put that for me, please. Watch this now. When the woman did what? When she ate? When she took it? When she saw? When she did what? Saw. Now watch how the Bible tells us what the word saw actually means. There's three things there. When she saw doesn't mean she looked at it and go, ah, fruit. When she saw, what does that mean? She saw that, they're ready? Number one, the fruit of the tree was what? Good for food. Number two, it was what? Pleasing to the We walk by faith and not by And thirdly, it was desirable for gaining wisdom. Here's a funny thing. When she saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, who told her that the tree was good for food? I thought Adam and Eve were created depending on God for their life, not on food. Now all of a sudden, she is convinced that I need to eat something to be sustained. See how the deception already worked? Now, I know for those of you that think, oh, it's that woman, that woman, it was the woman. At the end of the verse, it says, with Adam who was right there with her. Meaning what? That ding dong was doing the same thing she was doing. They were both seeing the fruit and thinking the same dumb stuff. So don't sit there and go, it was a woman, a woman. I'll slap you. You're welcome. We pray for you, Bobby. (laughs) Free, free for tithers and. (laughs) When the when the woman saw. That the tree was good for food. The word food there means for sustenance or for nourishment. Hey, man shall not live by bread, but by every word that proceeds. The life that Adam and Eve had was not a life that came from what they ate, but it's a life that came from God. That's why people say, oh, they were just a bunch of vegetarians. We should be eating vegetarian food. No, the vegetarian food was not for their sustenance. It was for their entertainment. (laughs) Their life and sustenance came from God. Because some of y'all's Adam and Eve story go like, they were, they were these two naked vegetarians in a garden a long time ago. Brazen <laughs> Grace is way too visual. I shouldn't say things like that to you guys. <laughs> when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, lie number one. Number two, pleasing to the eye. Starting to now walk by what you see and not what you believe. And thirdly, desirable for gaining wisdom. God was their source of wisdom. She took it and ate it. 
She also gave some to her husband who was with her. He was with her. So let me finish this first part by giving you three points quickly. Three points on how to rest against the enemy. And people even said, how do you rest in warfare? <laughs> See, that's the problem. You think you are in a battle. You think you are warring. And I want you to know, the war is over. The only war you are now facing is the battle of the mind. Satan can only have against you what you, even in the garden before the cross, he could only do to them what they gave him. How do you rest? against the enemy online family i hope you're watching i hope you're taking notes i hope you're with me i hope you're commenting i hope you're liking and loving and sharing come on number one it begins with the revelation that number one the enemy is completely defeated the enemy is completely defeated god has disarmed him completely meaning what he has no weapon against you next week i will teach you what his weapons are he has no weapon against you. The greatest gift that Satan has is your ignorance of his already finished defeat. Because then you'll be talking about how mighty the devil is and how big the devil is and how great the devil is. And oh, he came against me. Santos, what was that verse again? Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 14 verse 16 says, one day when we see him, who? Not Jesus, the devil. We will look upon him and say, oh, you puny little thing. Are you the one that terrorized the nations? You think he's, no, that's how he is in your mind. And the bigger he is in your mind, the bigger he is in your life. The tiny, puny and useless he is in reality in your heart. The tiny, puny, and useless, useless he is in your life. Number one, the enemy is completely and eternally defeated. He is defeated. It is finished. It's over. You don't have to wonder, walk around thinking he's powerful, he's this, he's that. No, no. He has given you power against all the works of the enemy. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers... He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 in the King James Version, please. Ready? 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. It says, for this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Are you reading this? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested That, King James, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might do what? Destroy the works. He is literally telling you, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. Now let me ask you this question. Did he do it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you convinced? Yes. Or do you think he's got some left destroying of his works to do? I didn't tell you he destroyed the devil. I said he destroyed the works of the devil. I don't care how mighty somebody is. If I take away their armor and their weapons, they are worthless now. 
that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus could not sit down until he finished what he came down to do. And one of the things he came down to do was destroy the works of the devil. He's a loser. I said he's a loser. Magnify the Lord, not magnify the devil with me. So did, did, did Jesus complete his work? Yes. Huh? Yes. What does the word broken mean? Destroy mean? What's broken can be put back together. But what's destroyed? Yes. Cannot. Yes. How does Satan then attack us? He attacks us through our minds. The God of this age has blinded our minds, our eyes. His work has always been about deceiving and lying. I'll talk about that next week. His work has always been about deceiving and lying. It's never been about how great and mighty he is. Even in the garden, he was just a slithering snake. Are you with me today? Number one. Hold on, my notes disappeared on me. Number one. The enemy is fully defeated. Say it again loudly. The enemy is completely defeated. Number two. How do you rest? You rest in knowing that the enemy is defeated. Not that he's in the back, in the black closet. Oh, could it be Satan? <laughs> the enemy is completely defeated. Number two, the victor lives in you. Yeah. Are you listening to me? The victor, the victor lives in you. I can't control how and why things happen to everybody. But I have enough faith to believe what God has done for me in me. That's all I care about. But what about this? But what about that? Get your butt out of the way and believe the word of God. Yeah. Number two, the victor lives in you. I think it, was it 1 John 4, 4? It was 1 John 4, 4, wasn't it? Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, that makes me rest. That makes me rest. Greater is he that is in me. I think it's 1 John 4. 4. Let me get this. They're a little slow back there. In the, give the machine some time. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Meaning what? If he's in you, he's one with you. Which means you are greater than the enemy. Do you live like that? You're like, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Right, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to pray about that. We're going to get rid of that stuff. And thirdly, in closing, number three, I wish I had more time to teach this, but maybe I'll teach about it more next week. You have authority. You have authority over the enemy. You have authority. There's a difference between power and authority. And I'll talk about it more next week, but listen to me carefully when I say this. In Acts chapter 19, I think it's verse number 11, the Bible says that the aprons or the handkerchief that was upon Paul's body, that touched Paul's body, the aprons that touched bodies were sent out and all kinds of demons. It says the Lord worked unusual miracles through the ministry of Paul that even the aprons and handkerchiefs that touched his body, when they would go to places, they would get delivered from that. Now, I'm not building an apron ministry here, so don't freak out, everybody. All of you are like, well, oh my God, Pastor's going to start sending out prayer shawls and oils. And, and No, I'm not. <laughs> but I want to show you the difference between power and authority. P 
power is transferable to inanimate objects. Like something that you carry. Elijah, his dead body, dead body. His dead body, they throw a body, a dead body on Elijah's dead body. And Elijah's dead body had enough power to raise the other dead guy. That's power. See, but authority works differently. By definition, authority means you have to be authorized. You can't authorize a handkerchief. You can't authorize. See, sadly, some of us live in the realm of power. And yes, I need you to know how much power you have. You have all the power of God. See, but power is different from authority. If you only operate in the realm of the power of God, in the... What happened? All right. If we only operate in the realm of the power of God, what you will ask is the worship team back there to play the key of G for you to sing hallelujah, for you to get the power to feel healed. But when you have authority, you could be going to temple. Like Peter and... Peter and John went to pray. Peter and John. Y'all got to sing the Sunday school song to remember the story. And you're just going to church, you know. And then a guy says, hey, arms please, arms. Peter looks back and says, James in the key of G. Hallelujah. No. Why? Because he wasn't depending only on power. He knew he was authorized. When you are authorized, you don't have, how, how many handkerchiefs feel the power of God? When you are authorized, you don't have to feel anything. You just got to know it. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, he had the power. But he was also authorized to do what he was there. He said, oh God, would you stretch forth thy right hand and heal this thy crippled beggar? Would you? No, he didn't ask God. He said, in the name, silver and gold I have none, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk as authority. And I want us to activate our authority right now. The way the authority works is through the renewed mind and a controlled tongue. The way authority operates on the earth is through a renewed mind and a controlled tongue. See, the problem with us is we don't realize how powerful our mind and our tongue is. So we sit around thinking all kinds of stupid, dumb things about ourselves and other, about others, not realizing that the enemy is enjoying turning your renewed mind into his demonic playground. And as a man thinketh, so he is. The man speaks what he is. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you start speaking things that your mind is telling you. And now you are releasing into the atmosphere all kinds of demonic things, not realizing how powerful you are. Today we're going to turn that around. We're going to speak in faith and see the power of God manifest. Let's stand together. Those of you watching online too. Let's stand up together. Come on. We want to we we go into new covenant authority. We want to go into new covenant declarations. So stay with me right here. Come on. Stay with me right here. What is it? Your family? Is it sickness in your body? Is it your finances? Do you know you have authority over the money that comes in? Oh, but pastor, you don't know how much my salary is. I don't care how much your salary is. You have Jehovah Jireh as your source. 
my God shall supply all my needs, not according to what you need, but according to his riches and glory. Is it a sickness in your body? Is it a family situation? Whatever it is, we're going to get violent right now. Are you with me today? Come on, stand up. I want you to gird yourself. Come on, shake yourself as we get ready to pray. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Out loud, go, go, go. Pray in the Holy Ghost, out loud. Pray in the Spirit, out loud. Let's go. Let me hear you, church. Pray in the Spirit. Let's go. Let me hear you. In your homes, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take back the authority. Take back your dominion. Take back your family. Take back your finances. Come on. Come on. I got to ask you, what is it? What is it that you've been battling? What is it that seems out of your control? Quickly, lift your hands to God. Both all your hands up in this place, in your homes. Lift your hands and say, I am surrendered. I am awakened. I am enlightened. My eyes see the finished work of Calvary. It was my death that he died. It was my victory when he defeated Satan. It was my resurrection when he rose from the dead. It was my enthroning when he sat down. I rule and reign today. Nothing is impossible to me. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. I don't look at the old things. I behold all things are new. Come on somebody. Put your hand over your head. Say stinking thinking. You've got to go. I receive revelation. My mind is renewed. My heart is steadfast. I am who you say I am. I am just like Jesus. Satan has no power over me, over my family, over my finances, over my relationships. Say this, my mind is renewed. I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of Christ. My mouth is controlled. I speak the word of God only. In Jesus' name. Now every situation that is coming against me, everything that is rising up, I take authority in my position as a son of God and I command in Jesus' name. Pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. I speak right now to that sickness in my body. I speak right now to that infirmity that is ailing me. I speak right now to that cancer. I speak right now to that diabetes. I speak right now to that blood pressure. I speak right now to my finance. I, I feel faith rising in this place. Come on, somebody. Yokes are being destroyed. Yokes are being destroyed. Chains are being broken. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Mambre Every Everything that the enemy gained in my life, in my family, 
is being taken back right now. Every footing he has in my life is being removed. I am not defined by my actions or my past. I have the victory. Come on, somebody. I command right now in Jesus' name. I command children to come back home right now in the name of Jesus. I command finances. I command money. Come. Every attack of the enemy. Excuse me while I get a little Pentecostal for a minute. Come on. In the name of Jesus, stomp your feet and pray in the Holy Ghost with me. We are praying from victory. We are praying from healing. We are praying from prosperity. Come on. I bind every fear. I bind every fear. I break every fear. You will not fail. Your marriage will not fail. Your business will not fail. Your anointing will not go. You will not be defeated. You are the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. What the enemy stole from you, he has to give back seven times restitution in the name of Jesus. Come on. He is defeated. 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 Come on, shout unto God. Say. Come on. Your words have power. Your voice has power. You are authorized. Use your authority right now. Use your authority right now. Healing is flowing in this room. Miracles are breaking out in this room. In your homes right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it by faith. Receive it. Shout out to God. Say. Sing it. Come on church. Come on. Are you all ready to shout? Are you ready to shout your victory? Are you ready to shout for your victory? Here we go. Are you ready, church? Lift your voices, lift your hands, and shout. Shout in your homes. Shout in your car. Shout in this church. Shout. 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 For he has given you the victory. Shout. And watch the walls come down. Shout. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Come on, shout. It is finished. It is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. 15 more seconds. I want you to shout for 15 more seconds right now. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Clap your hands, holy people, and shout for God has given you the victory. Pastors, come and take your place.
Listen to me. God did not give you a battle. God gave you the victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. But thanks be unto God who has given us the battle. No. The victory. Thanks be unto God who has given. You can earn it. You can ask. You has already given. Just take it and walk in it. Thanks be unto God who has given us. My God, I felt things happen tonight in this place. The glory of God. Excuse me for getting a little violent, but sometimes when the Holy Ghost comes, lift your hands and say, thank you for the victory. Thank you. You didn't give me a battle. So every battle I'm going through is not from you. That makes life easy, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people watching online and in this house. Thank you that we're coming back to church in hordes, Lord. Thank you that we can come back to church and celebrate. I thank you, Father, for the victory. Thank you for our building. Thank you for our lot. Thank you for the money that's coming in. We believe the 200,000 will come in quickly, supernaturally. We believe it and we shout because we have it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, bless your precious ones in the house and watching online. I love them so much. Father, it is my heart's dream and desire that they walk in the fulfillment of everything that Christ has done for them. No more struggling, no more battling, no more striving, but living from glory to glory, from victory to victory. I believe it and decree it over every one of them that are in this room and watching online. Especially for those that are part of the Brazen Grace family, I decree and declare victory, victory, victory in every area of your life. That enemy that you saw, you will never see again. In the name of Jesus. Because I behold. I behold it. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. To the only wise God with great joy. To him be blessing, glory, honor, dominion, and power forever. Lift your hands out loud and prophesy what's already in your life. Say it out loud. Ready? Say it. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, family. Those of you that need prayer, please come forward. Online family, God bless you guys. Those of you that need prayer, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. I love you. Don't forget our building fund. Don't forget we're going to pray. Look for me. I need you all to look all over the city. Find me buildings. Find me lots. Come talk to us. And we want to find our new church building. I love you, family. God bless you guys, you sweet, precious, beautiful people. Have a great week. What an amazing weekend this was. Thank you, guys. Love you all. Bless you. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM, P.O. Box, 
3-259-2675, San Antonio, Texas, 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.